You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williams, and this is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this wonderful Wednesday? Um, it's kind of a strange week. We have that bye week before the Super Bowl, so we're not going to talk about Super Bowl this week, as I mentioned. But I am digging in heavy to draft prep. I watched all the practices for the Senior Bowl on NFL.com or NFL Network. And our guest, Mike Renner, is down there now. Mike, how is Mobile? I'm actually not down. Oh, I thought you were not. I'm sorry. No, I'm over in Cincinnati still. But I'm getting all the – they're sending me all the tape of the one-on-one. So I've been doing the grading of those here. Yeah, yeah. And this show, I just wanted to ask you about some guys that are down there. So, I mean, I'm not even caring mm-hmm. how they did day one necessarily. People okay. overreact to those type of things. But names to watch this week. And let's start with the quarterbacks. Um, Will Greer from West Virginia. What are your thoughts on this guy? I think Steve you know, put, just mocked him in the first round in your guys' draft. So, I mean, apparently Pro Football Focus has some good grades on West Virginia, Will Greer. Yeah, he's graded the highest of oh, any really? of those quarterbacks here okay. uh, of the eight, just in terms of the pure PFF grade, which is not you know what we purely base our rankings on, but it mm-hmm. does play a big impact. It would be lying to say it didn't. Uh, and so he's graded out well from that standpoint. Uh, he has some things to work on. I really don't like his pocket presence. He took sacks at one of the highest rates in the country in terms of converting pressure into sacks. Uh, and I just did not love that. And he's not much of a playmaker in terms of, doing other things than just standing in the pocket and making throws there. Mm. So there's some stuff to work on, and it's not perfect by any means accuracy-wise, but I think he has the, is the most accurate of those quarterbacks down in Mobile. Okay, so you would say that's his greatest strength is just his pure accuracy. Yes. Okay. Um, a really unique prospect that's down there is Buffalo's Tyree Jackson. I mean, he is gigundous and kind of has a strange throwing motion. What do you think about him? Yeah, he's sort of on the exact opposite end, actually, of Will Greer, accuracy-wise. He had the third worst uh, just completion percentage of anyone in the in the country this past season. So wow. All quarterbacks in the FBS that started, he was one of the worst, just really all over the place. And decision-making-wise as well was one of the, the worst. So the Other than that, he's great. There. He can make some just crazy, crazy throws, but you flip on the cape and watch his consistency, and it is just it's not there. I mean, he's got to be the farthest away of these dudes that are down there, don't you think? Uh, yeah, either him or McSorley. I, I don't think either are really real okay. NFL. True even like, right. Yeah, close at this point. Let's just talk about McSorley then. I mean, I, I've watched a fair amount of them. I'm in Pittsburgh. Penn State's big here, of course. Uh, I didn't really see much of a prospect when I saw when I watched him this year. Yeah, I'm completely in agreement. I mean, he's undersized. He just he gives his receivers a chance, but almost to a fall. He was just heaving balls downfield there at Penn State without really regard to the coverage that he was looking at. Just a lot of. A lot of jump balls in that offense and just the same sort of on the inaccuracy scale as Tyree Jackson, just all over the place. Hmm. Um, Jared Stidham was a big name before the season started. Um, Didn't have a great year from what I understand. I see a lot of mixed opinions of of the Auburn quarterback. It's interesting because he has a pretty big arm, but Mm -hmm. he actually had one of the highest percentages of yards coming after the catch of any quarterback in the oh, really? this year. Okay. And so the second highest of any actual FBS quarterback this past season, those yards came after the catch, which is just doesn't really mesh up. He's not his big arm, but is not a talented sort of downfield thrower. That was, and I mean, some of that's the Auburn offense and they asked him to do a lot of screens, but at the same time, he just was missing pretty much 
all the throws to the just a lot of his intermediate and deep throws he was not accurate on so that's his biggest thing if he can hit I think he has a lot to gain this week if he can you know be consistent in that regard but to me I just don't see him ever being that guy I'm, I'm curious because you brought up you know the percentage of yards he got after the catch and I've seen you guys do that for the NFL quarterbacks as well and do you look at that as a positive or a negative because Obviously, the quarterback isn't running with the ball or they throw a screen and a guy goes 60 yards or, you know, something like that pads your stats, to say the least. But I think you can make the argument that if you're Drew Brees-like accurate, you're going to help your guy with after-the-catch situations as opposed to him catching the ball behind him, those type of deals. I think at the college level, it's a lot bigger deal. If you can get a bunch Mm -hmm. of yards after the catch in the NFL level, it's a skill. I mean, everyone's playing at the same level, but the college level, a lot of it is you have these talented playmakers. You're, you know, you maybe you have a talented play caller who's getting screens. Yeah, that sort of thing. It's almost a negative if you're really on the, I'm really swinging far one way or the other. Okay. Uh, The two biggest named quarterbacks down there are Missouri's Drew Locke and Duke's Daniel Jones. Let's talk about Locke. I mean, I guess he's you know, I've been to enough senior bowls that I sat there and I watched Jay Cutler throw live and wow, you know, like the big arm dudes, especially on a Tuesday when they throw the ball the best and there's a lot of buzz about them. doesn't matter where the ball goes necessarily, but they get, the, they get the, the early talk of senior week and senior bowl week. Yeah. He definitely has the most money to make. I think mm-hmm. for that reason, he's going to look the best in shorts. The ball's going to come out of his hand, look in the, you know, Titus Spiral with the best speed. That's really going to, like I said, wow the scouts. But at the same time, uh, I think he has the most in terms of the offense he ran in Missouri is incredibly simplistic. It's like goes, mm-hmm. screens, that sort of thing. You know, it's not a NFL offense by any means. And so if you're, you know, making, if he looks good in a, you know, making more NFL reads and a more NFL sort of projected system, all of a sudden, you know, everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, oh, he can do that too. And so that'll, uh, he has, like I said, a lot of money to make if he can perform well this weekend. Was not, you know, had good decision making there in, in Missouri as well. But again, simplistic offense. He was not asked to make NFL sort of read. So if you can do that, it's going to be really push him up draft boards. Daniel Jones from Duke is the other one getting some first round buzz, early round buzz. Um, again, I'm still learning about these guys, but a really bad deep passer, isn't he? Yeah, this one. I don't Strange. Think yeah, I can get. I don't either. Lock. But with Daniel Jones, it's almost like he's – it's like people are saying he's close enough, almost like a, I don't know, like a Mike Lennon of years past where yeah, he's close yeah. enough to where what an NFL quarterback should look like but not all the way there by any means. And in a weak quarterback class with so many teams needing it, I think someone you know, is going to talk themselves into him because he looks the part. But like you said, there's just not enough consistency there for me to even come close to drafting him that high. Yeah, it's funny you said that. Because if he would have came out last year with those five first-rounders, I think everyone would be like, yeah, he's a nice third-round player. You know, but this year it's like you got to have a couple first-round quarterbacks. Who mm-hmm. else could it be? Let's reach and create one. He doesn't look at all like a first-round quarterback to me. I agree. Uh, it just feels like one of those – back end of the first round just because like you said oh there just has to be another quarterback if you know so i do think he does end up going fairly high or higher than he should but i i'd be surprised if he steps in and is even close to a starter right away in a vacuum right now and i won't hold it hold you to this obviously if you had to choose from greer lock and jones how would you rank them I for, go for the greer, nfl lock. yeah greer lock jones at okay this point just because i think greer is still the most accurate 
but Greenlock is, is fairly close, whereas Jones is, I think, a distant third. There. Okay, fair enough. Um, good quarterback talk there. We'll be back in a moment to talk about some of the other position players. There's a, there's a lot of talent in Mobile right now. We were, we'll be right back. All right, cool. Defensive lineman you know, is going to be a huge conversation leading up to the draft. It's a great class. There's some real talent down in Mobile now. My hunch is, quarterbacks aside, but maybe even including, that Montez Sweat will probably be the highest drafted player in Mobile. And from what I saw of him and what I watched him in college, he's pretty impressive. Long. Yeah, he definitely looks the part. Of yeah. anyone down there, he's like 6'6", six, six, got almost 35-inch arms. He will, and that projects well to basically any system in the NFL with how you know this physical tools he had. To me, he's a little stiff, and I don't see him ever winning too much with anything other than the bull rush at the next level. But, I mean, you could st- guys that you can find that coming out of college that already have a defined bull rush are fairly rare. So I do end up seeing him going high. I think we're just a little lower on him than most just because I think the edge class is so deep that I think there are other guys better. Uh, but I do anticipate him going, yeah, probably the highest of all these guys down there. It's funny you said that because he was like the biggest name guy and they're hyping him on the t- on TV and – I, I see what's impressive about him, but like you said, he doesn't change directions real violently or real abruptly, and yeah. I'd love to see it, and I haven't yet, of really dipping that shoulder and getting low, bending the edge. I don't know if he's that guy. Yeah, I didn't see it on tape. Yeah, that really just doesn't happen. He does not. His flexibility is not on par with you know Kai Polite, the Josh Allens, the guys who I, I think will end up going higher than him in mm-hmm. the draft. Uh, and I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if so he, you said he's probably the highest, but I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, Penn State cornerback, who I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Yeah, I have his name written here, and I was just say, please. But, per- yeah, he's pretty good. He looks like he I, looks like, a part he, too, right? The other one who I could see being the highest off the first one off the board. He's got size. I mean, yeah, I think he's got a chance to be a good one too. Um, the most productive is Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech. I mean, the most sacks in NCAA history just beat Terrell Suggs' record. Surprisingly, Suggs still has that record. That shocked me. Um, He's another one I need to see more of, obviously, but I don't know that he's a great athlete either. He reminds me of uh, Mark Stamport from a season ago uh, in terms of mm-hmm. he's literally just straight line explosive, great bull rusher. But to me, he's almost a poor man's version because he doesn't have the size. But Davenport. You know, Davenport and more jolt. Yeah, right. And at 260 with 35-inch arms, he was going to be pretty surely going to be able to bull rush to the next level. I'm not sure if Ferguson is. At, and I think he weighed in under 250. That's just a little too light for me to trust a guy who just bull rushed, you know, weak tackles in the, uh, you know, group of five conference. Right. And I know pass rush is king, but can he be a traditional 3 4 outside linebacker if, at that size, drop in space? Can he run with a tight end? We'll see. But um, I, I, he looks more like a second, third round pick that's maybe a designated pass rusher type. That's, yeah, that's where I'd be on him right now. Okay. Um, Two other linemen I'm interested in is Old Dominion's Oshani Jimenez. I think I said that right. It starts with an X, but I called mm-hmm. him Jimenez. I'm not sure if I said that right or not. Yeah, I think it's Jimenez. Okay. Shane or Shane Jimenez, something like that. I mean, he killed, Old... <laughs> <laughs> he killed the competition at Old Dominion, of course. But yeah, now he's... it's, you know, go time. You know, let's see what he, he can do now. He had the best grade, actually, of all these guys here. But again, small school. The competition was not up to par, but the worrisome thing about me is he is undersized. I mean, mm-hmm. he weighed in 241 at 6'2", which 
Yeah, it's just not going to hold up at the NFL level. There's so few. You can count them on, you know, one hand, the amount of guys who are playing every down at that size right now in the league. You He's just, not that thickly built or doesn't have yeah. a real heavy, strong lower body makeup either. Yeah, and when guys that size, when you when you don't have, you know, elite athleticism, it just gets stonewalled at the next level. So I, I just I was I wanted I was hoping he would you know come in around 255, be a little bigger but as a, i think he's a fifth year senior already uh to be so at that size 22 23 capped yeah he probably has to move off ball then so i'm not super high in him yeah. uh but there the pass rushing skill set is there uh he had but he even yesterday in the one-on-ones he only won i think one of his reps yeah okay um, and he could be like a Davenport too, that gets better as the week goes on, hasn't played this level of competition, mm-hmm. but I think what you said about him is pretty spot on. Total opposite, Texas A&M's Daylon Mack. Uh, they, <laughs> on the broadcast, they showed him pushing a truck for a mile on the street. <laughs> I mean, he is a nose tackle body type, but he moves all right watching one-on-ones. I think he's intriguing. Yeah, uh, he is a brick. I mean, uh, that dude, he reminds me of sort of, Puna Ford a year ago with just mm-hmm. a little more to him, you know, a little more size that you think could be, uh, you know, a no sack that pushes the pocket. I, I don't see him ever being uh, on the level of, uh, you know, Dexter Lawrence or any of the, the nose tackles with some athleticism. He doesn't have that enough quickness, but he's so thickly built and so strong that it's just going to be tough to move a guy like that almost. Vince Wilfork asked him not, again, putting him at that level, but that's who he reminds me of in terms of he's not going to finish a lot of plays, but he'll just stand his ground play after play. It kind of like, uh, oh, damn, the, the dude from Baylor that ended up in the third, Billings from the, Billings. the Bengals. Yeah. I'm just a powerful stiff, human yeah. being. Yeah. Um, last defensive guy I wanted to ask you about, you talked about the Penn State corner, but another PA corner, Temple corner, Rakia Sin, another great name. I, I liked watching him in one-on-ones. You know, he had a lot of buzz coming in. There was a couple corners, and him in particular, that were very patient with their feet. They weren't just dancing around um, and very much in balance. I think watching feet for corners is one of the easiest ways to scout them. Mm-hmm. And I like the way he moved, and I like the way he stayed in balance. Yeah, Rockison graded out. Uh, great for us a season ago. Uh, we were super high on him grade-wise, and then he came back. Didn't grade at quite as well, but still you know, one of the top 20 grades of all corners. Uh, in college football this past season. I think he's allowed passer ratings, you know, under 70. The last two seasons, he's been, you know, production-wise, can't really ask for much more. So if Mm -hmm. the traits are there, I haven't studied enough of him to really say, like, I haven't watched those reps from yesterday, but he has uh, grade-wise been off the charts for us. No, that doesn't surprise me. And uh, He's another one that wouldn't blow me away when it's all said and done. He ends up going late first round, something like that, because the position he plays, solid. Um, we're going to take another quick break and then I got three wide receivers I want to bring up and a handful of offensive linemen that are all senior bowl people. So we'll be right back. All right, Mike, there's a lot of buzz about UMass wide receiver, Andy Isabella. They're talking about him running crazy forties, very explosive out of his breaks. Um, Daniel Jeremiah had a good point when you were watching him run routes yesterday that he's bouncing and doing all kinds of peripheral stuff before anyone's even touching him. Like, just relax. I mean, he's like the Energizer Bunny out there, but you can see why people would like him. Yeah, I'm real high on Isabella. Now, he's not a perfect slot prospect by any means. Like you said, he's Mm -hmm. a lot of wasted motion at this point. Uh, Really needs to work on his routes in terms of just speeding him up. He had, like, a, you know, 
five yard in route that took him about three seconds to break off. And that's just that's, that's how he was long. yesterday. Yeah, that's right. not going to work. Yeah, he's dancing was... around the first two couple couple yards, and no one's touching him. It's like just go, man. That was you know reminiscent of Braxton Miller back when he was at the Senior Bowl a few years back. And while it looks great, you know, in a vacuum, and yeah, you get open, you're just not going to have that time in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think we've seen enough production from him at UMass, and he has far more. He's far more athletically gifted than Braxton Miller was coming out of Ohio State. He's just he is a freak of nature athletically. He's going to be tough to match up with, and I think he could be. I don't think he's limited to slot only, even though I think they're just playing him in the slot and the one on ones. He played mostly outside actually at UMass and put up the vast majority of his yards from the outside there. Yeah, of course you look at him and prototype. You know, like you you think, boy, the Patriots are going to love him, and they probably will. But he's flat out fast though too. I mean, he can go. Yeah, he beat Denzel Ward in the 100 meter finals back in uh, Ohio uh, for state. He hmm. and Denzel Ward ran four three something, so he's going to run. He's going to run in that range in that neighborhood. Okay, you just mentioned Ohio State, and I had never heard of Terry McLaren, a wide receiver. Um, he's down there doing well. Was he hurt this year or something? I don't know his backstory, but my hunch is he was probably a really high recruit from Ohio State, and now he's getting a chance to shine. But he, he had a good good practice yesterday. Yeah, I got to be honest, I had not heard about him until. Yeah. He was on the Senior Bowl roster, and I mean Ohio State has a thousand. They just run a thousand wide receivers through there. He wasn't hurt this last year, I don't believe, but he. They just, I think they had like seven or eight wide receivers play like four hundred snaps. They just run them in and out, and they do have a ton of talent at them. I like, I'm sure, a handful of those guys uh, NFL wise. But McLaren is a pretty freak athlete in his own right, from what I saw yesterday. Yeah, he's just a name. I was hoping you would. I just have to do more homework on him. I was hoping, I'm, I'm sure we'll know a lot more about him by the end mm-hmm. of the week. And yeah, wouldn't, ho- star. wouldn't you know, shock me at all that probably a four or five star recruit, all kinds of ability, but there's 10 other ones at the wide receiver mm-hmm. position at Ohio State. Debo Samuel also really showed up big for me. And he kind of reminded me of a little bit bigger Percy Harvin. Like, he's pretty thickly built. I bet he can break a tackle or two. Strong, shifty. I think he's got a good future. Yeah, we're pretty high on Samuel. He, I think you hit the nail on the head there. He's great after the catch. He's one of the leaders in terms of broken tackles in the entire nation this past year, even though he didn't even have that many catches, I think, in the 60, 62 catches this past season he had and still broke over 20 tackles on them. He's very talented in that regard. He's not you know, athletically like the two guys we just mentioned, Isabella or McLaren, but there's more than one way to win in the NFL, and I think he has, uh, you know, that sort of trump card, which is his elusiveness. So uh, I think he'll he'll be a really returner, I assume. He didn't, yeah. So he didn't actually even return punts this past season for, okay. but he could return. Uh, it's not uh, off limits for him, and he is fairly big. I think he weighed in two sixteen or two fifteen, something like that, for a wide receiver, which is pretty thick. Kind of a Pharaoh Cooper type, but I think he's a better receiver. Yeah, I think I think. I would agree, so that's why I wasn't super high on Cooper coming No, out. I wasn't either. Um, there's five linemen here I've, I've, that just stood out to me. Washington State tackle Andre Dillard. He's got left tackle feet. I mean, I think he's got a chance to be a long-time starter. Yeah, I think the offensive line class there is actually the it's best. better than I thought. Of, yeah. yeah, there are going to be, I think there's going to be seven or, or so guys go round day one and two from this offensive line class, okay. which is Pretty. That's a lot in terms yeah, of you know, guys that at the Senior Bowl. Usually, a lot of these guys are going you know mid to late rounds, but seven guys I think have a good chance to go on day one, day two. Dillard being one of them. I don't see him. I don't see anything sort of elite necessarily there from him, but the size is there. You know, checks the boxes. The size is there. Fear there. 
the production was there pretty good in that system at, you know, Washington State, only 14 pressures allowed this past season. So uh, I think we'll be pretty high on him uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah. Elgton, E-L-G-T-O-N, Jenkins is the center at Mississippi State. Um, my buddy Joe Moorhead's the head coach down there. We were on the Akron staff together. He looked apart yesterday, too, and they were raving about him. He has that look immediately of 10-year starting center, second-round pick, low-bust potential, you know, like everything you think of as center. Yeah, I think he looked the best of any of the interior linemen yesterday in the one-on-ones from what I saw from, mm-hmm. from the, the grading I did. Did not look a little out of his depth at guard, but, I mean, I think you keep him at center. He was so good there. Only allowed a couple pressures all season long uh, at Mississippi State. I think he is. Like you mentioned, he doesn't have another guy who's not necessarily elite traits where you're going to bang the table for him round one. But if you get him on the wrap round two, that's uh, if you get into quality plug-and-play starter. Yeah, he has that look about him for sure. Oklahoma guard Ben Powers also had a really good practice from what I saw. Yeah, that whole Oklahoma line was kind of difficult to evaluate this season because they just didn't rush. Uh, Kyler Murray that much. You know, the, mm-hmm. He saw the most three-man rushes, a lot of mush rushes there. Uh, Is Big 12 hard to grade in general? And that, too. There's just not a lot of <laughs> talent bet. defensively. Okay. Everyone goes on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, I, I wasn't as high on him as the other guys on the Oklahoma line, the tackles specifically there. Uh, I think he's more of a – of all the guys there, I'd put him – I don't think he's one of those guys that's a day one or day two sort of okay. talent. You think he's a fourth, fifth-round pick mm-hmm. when it's all said and done? Really intriguing guy is Titus Howard from Alabama State. Um, a lot of ability, a small school. You know, we've seen this story before. People are talking about him like he's Teron Armstead, which is probably a little generous. But you get the idea. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, well, obviously, we don't have any grades on him because we only yeah, grade yeah. FBS. But I think, was he the one that got really punked by Montez Sweat yesterday in a rep? I can't he remember. He did. But yeah, he did. Yeah, he was. I didn't. I mean, obviously, that's just one rep, and he actually stoned Sweat on the rep before that, that no one, mm-hmm. you know, that didn't get the clips on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, any tackle that can move is going to start drawing heads there because that's every team is looking for an athlete at the tackle position because there's just so few guys that are that big, that strong, and athletic. So I think he has a lot of money to make. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I tell you guys this every year, the listeners, that – the coaches are busy coaching, but it's this time of year that they start finding out these names. And trust me, an offensive line coach that's got a bunch of heavy-footed dudes that are in their 30s looks a guy like Titus Howard and says, you know, that's moldable clay. I can turn that guy into a star. I'm the best coach out there. And I can promise you he will get go higher than you think. Yeah, I would agree with that sentiment. They always seem to, those guys. Mm -hmm. Last guy I want to talk about was Chuma Edoga from USC. His arms are like vines, and he moved pretty well, too. I thought he did good practice as well. Yeah, I haven't actually seen much of him. Uh, He wasn't on the side I did, but he he didn't grade out super well for us uh, in our grading system. And wasn't a guy we had highlighted going into this, so I actually haven't watched a ton of him during the season, so... Yeah, there was a little buzz about him yesterday in the broadcast. That's why I jotted him down, and he looks all right. I mean, he's 6'4"-ish and long arms, not real, real heavy. Um, I, I wonder, you know, 6'4 tackles with long arms is always a uh, kind of a on-the-fence situation, mm-hmm. uh, or is he powerful enough to play guard? And I'm curious how he, where he ends up. But, Mike, man, this was fun. Um, ne- next week we'll talk a lot more Super Bowl if that works for you, and enjoy your, your rest of your week, bud. 
for sure. Thanks. Have a good one, man. Talk to you soon. Bye.